It's time for the Believer, Unbeliever, and In-Betweener podcast. Join in on the conversation as three friends discuss socially relevant topics in view of biblical truth, where scripture meets skepticism. Welcome your hosts, Stephanie, Michelle, and Cheryl. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're so happy that you are joining us again. Uh, Today's topic is called Unrealistic Expectations. We chose this topic because Cheryl was in a, in a meeting uh, with a bunch of women and they were talking about unrealistic expectations, like in the dating world. And we just thought it would be a really good topic to talk about because it's not only the dating world, we have it with our spouses, we have it with our friends. And yeah, and also I feel rejection is also part of that. So I think it's a really good topic. And yeah, let's let's go with it. So Cheryl, tell us what you discovered about the unrealistic expectations in the singles world. Yeah, well, uh, in my singles group, there, there were just a lot of questions coming up about, um, you know, sort of, well, expectations that, that the women were having from the guys they were dating. And just so many issues came up that made me go, wow, we, we really need to talk about these expectations because mm-hmm. um, things were either, you know, not communicated and just, you know, just a should that, that they felt that he should know or he should do. Right. Yeah. Um, it was never communicated and, and, or, or possibly never even agreed upon. Yeah. And, and then they get kind of blown out of the water you know, with, with rage. <laughs> and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, so, and then they probably break up. Really, they probably, you know, they probably, yeah. And so I, I thought it was important to let the girls know, um, you know, lead a discussion on what, what the terms mean, what is the definition of both unrealistic and expectation? Um, mm. How are you using these? You know, what, what are the, what are the benefits to, you know, not having expectations and instead communicate and agree on things, um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and all the ways we just get cut up, uh, caught up in it. Like, you know, just, you know, all I asked him to do is be honest with me. Well, what does that mean? You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, who's going to uh, explain and, and, what it means? Who, 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 yeah. Who, who could... <laughs> Cheryl, since you facilitated that video chat with your women's mm-hmm. group, do you have the definition of what you guys used during that meeting for defining unrealistic and expectation. Can you share that with us? Sure. So, um, well, okay. So, you know, what is an expectation? An, an expectation is really just a, a quote unquote should for the future without communication, right? It's just, it's just expected. So it doesn't have to be discussed you know that's kind of how a person feels about their expectations it's a it's a future event that should happen it's a belief it's a it's a hope of how something should turn out or how we would do it how we would behave or how someone else should behave in the future and you know it's it's really not something that's asked or agreed upon right it's just expected it should just happen that way and I think when people um, kind of, you know, really grasp and really think about that definition, that's how they can start changing how they used it. And unrealistic, on the same term, um, you know, unrealistic doesn't mean it's not possible. And it doesn't mean, you know, who am I to ask about this or, or demand this? It's just that it's unlikely to just happen on its own if it's not communicated. (laughs) So, you know, it doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily mean that you're asking for something that's impossible uh, or that you don't deserve or that you don't have a right to. It's just that if you keep the expectation in your head, (laughs) then that's definitely going to be unrealistic because it's unlikely to play out that way. Mm -hmm well articulated yeah so it's yeah. like expecting people to read your mind and know your needs without you having any responsibility of communicating that to others yeah and i and i think uh i think people misinterpret unrealistic expectation 
in a way that they say, oh, well, you know, I don't deserve that or who am I to ask for that or I don't have the right. And that's what makes it unrealistic. And that's not entirely true. Mm. Unrealistic is expecting someone to do something that you didn't even tell them they needed to do. So. Mm. Right. It's a, and it, I, I, mm-hmm. okay. I was going to say, no, I, I run into that. I, I definitely have an issue with that um, with my spouse. Cause you know, we're together uh, 30 years, married 25. And it's like, I expect him <laughs> To know me by now, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and and it is, and it's really it's 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 such a it really it can get painful because you know let's say I'm having a bad day I'm really let's say I'm anxious about something I'm having anxiety I'm really freaking out I'm really quiet and um, and I'm just quiet and and I'm thinking he knows exactly what's going through my mind and and I and I just think this and this whole story plays out in my head. And then by the end of the day, I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling rejected and unloved. I'm thinking he, you know, he's not doing anything. He's not saying, didn't you know, I would say to him. And he's like, no, I didn't have a clue. Like he just didn't know because I didn't tell him. So yeah. I do that a lot. And, and, and it, you know, and it's painful because I'm the one who has the unrealistic expectation of him mind reading. He says, I'm not a mind reader, but <laughs> in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, you are, <laughs> you know? And then I'm the one who's hurt. You know, I go the whole day feeling rejected by my husband because he doesn't know that I'm having anxiety and I'm stressed out and whatever it is, because I'm thinking he knows. And, um, and yeah, I, I go through that a lot. And it's, yeah, that was a huge was- struggle. Oh yeah. Cause yeah, yeah, of course the default is definitely going to be like, how do you not know this about me already? Right. You yeah. know, or how do you and not really- know just simple things? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. Like, didn't you see my face? <laughs> he's like, not even, he's like, not even there. I mean, he's clueless. Like, I'm like, like, how, even if you see my face, it doesn't, I'm not, it doesn't, he's still, I'm just thinking he's going to look at my face and like, he knows like, Ooh, Michelle's having a, you know, bad day. <laughs> so that, so just, that, that leads me to the question of, well, what's stopping you from like, why is it more important that he figures it out rather than, you what stops you from just saying hey you know I need you yeah. to hug you right now I had a bad day yeah that, that's a good question that's a, yeah I don't know I, I'm not really sure why I don't just come out and say it to him I, I I'm not really sure what that's about why torture myself you know it's true why would I why go through that torture when all I have to do maybe it's the rejection maybe I'm I'm deep down afraid that he's not going to be there for me like you know if I'm like Joe I'm anxious and maybe he'll just like be like ah who cares? Or, oh, I don't know. Like I, I'm, you know, cause I, I, I throw my past experiences in my life today. And this is what I'm working on. Cause mm-hmm. as a kid, you know, I hate throwing my parents under the bus all the time. Cause I, I get it. You know, I, I understand they were young parents and they didn't have and they had three kids. And, but for me, like if I was having, you know, anxiety or whatever, my mother would just brush it off. Like just suck it up or you're fine. Just go in your room. So it was more, it was, I was being rejected, you know, like I was, expressing my feelings but they weren't being met my my what I needed wasn't being met it was being pushed away and um flat out rejection so I guess deep down at a level it's like I almost don't trust my husband you know it's like silly it's like so I don't tell him so you know throughout years I I don't tell him how I feel and I just expect him to like know and yeah, and he and he told me we had a discussion because just recently with this whole pandemic, you know, I went through a period of anxiety, like really bad, and I was like quiet and I was just scared and I was just trying to keep myself together, like freaking out, and um, and I didn't say anything to him, and then I broke down like the next day or the day after when we had like a little bit of an argument because I'm thinking he's rejecting me and I had a big blowout, mm-hmm. and he just he flat out told me he's like I'm not a mind reader. And that was kind of like a smack in the face, like, wow, it's true. He's not a mind reader. You know, he had to tell me, you have to tell me what's going on. So that, that's, you know, a lesson that I have, I'm learning now. It's I can go to him. I have to trust him that if I'm having a bad day, don't expect him to read my mind. So. Yeah. And I wonder too, if, if there's some underlying issues going on there where, you know, you're, you have fear around expressing your fear feelings because you don't mm-hmm. want to to risk someone going oh who cares you know right not a big deal 
like your parents did right. or, or whatever. And so it's like the, the expectation is that they know first and they acknowledge you first so that you don't have to like, so you can skip that part, you know, where yeah. you don't have to announce yeah. it and get shut down, sh you know, sh shunned. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it also oh. requires too, and Cheryl, I'm sure this came up in your woman's group. It also requires the person who has that expectation to know what they need so that they could verbalize it to another. And oftentimes people get stuck there also where they expect others to do that work for them. So it's like, you should know what I need because I really don't. <laughs> right. I, that's such a good point because <laughs> you, how could you tell someone they should just know when you can't even articulate it yourself? <laughs> right. Because oftentimes right. Because that it, happens all the time. Right. When you pose it back to the individual and say, okay, well, if you were to ask for what it is that you are not getting, what would you need? And then sometimes people will be like, I, I, I don't know. Right. I, I don't know if that came up on the women's group. Did, did it? Or did you, did you hear or see any women in the dating? Not, not in that way. You're right. But, um, not quite like that, but only more like, um, just not specific, you know, just, um, you know, just very, very broad requests. And it's like, well, that could be taken 20 different ways. You know? um, That's a good point too. So taking things. You know, I just, uh, he should just make me happy. Like, what does that mean? Like, what do what you need him to do that would make you happy, right? Yeah. And then again, it could be like, well, then do they even know what would make them happy? Maybe they stay general because they don't know that, that next answer. Right. Yeah. Right. So that brings up a good point that when we ask others for what we need, we have to make it an actionable, achievable item to say to someone, I need you to make me happy it's not achievable. Like, what does that mean? To your point, if, make it realistic, <laughs> make it achievable. Like if I were to say, Oh, you know, what would really make me happy is if you made dinner for us one night a week. Okay. Now that's right. achievable. Now, now I've defined it. And that person is more likely going to succeed at that because I've made it a clearly defined achievable, um, task that they could, that they can do. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like, and let's say you're always asking, right. I, I, I want you to make dinner once a week. That would make me happy. And, and it never gets done. Well, now it's, now it's, you know, first of all, did the other person agree? Yes. I would love to make dinner once a week or are they like, I'm not doing that. Right. You need to, you need to know like where they, where they stand on wanting to meet your need as well. Exactly. Right. Because maybe what you need or what that individual may need isn't something that other person wants or is capable of giving, especially when it comes to like to dating. Right. right. Maybe someone needs more time with their partner than maybe that person has availability in their life at that moment in time, you know, and it's unrealistic to expect that person to give you or to give that person the amount of time that they need if they're just not able to do that. And, um, exactly. So then Michelle, that goes back to like your whole point about rejection. If, if we're clear about what we need and we communicate it clearly and in love to others and then we to your point Cheryl get their buy-in then we set ourselves up for success but if we if any of that breaks down it can really set us up for disappointment and rejection mm -hmm. when maybe that's not really what's going on right yeah. yeah and the best part about about um getting agreement is that's how you help hold people accountable so now you could say hey, you agreed to make dinner once a week. What's going on? Whereas 
if it was just an expectation you had before and he just doesn't feel like ever fulfilling it or doing it, it's, it was just kind of a one-sided demand, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. This takes me back to college. I, this showed up for me when I was in college, you know, in my dating years in college, um, I remember a lot of the, the arguments that I would get into with my boyfriends at that time were related to this, you know, the, the expecting them to just know, don't you just know? <laughs> yeah. Oh my Would God. I can't tell you how many times yeah. I've said that. <laughs> how could and, you not know? <laughs> not know, you know? Um, yeah. Why should I have to tell you we're not supposed to sleep with other people? Like, <laughs> how do you not already know that? <laughs> now, where does this come from? Like, where, I'm like, so, many things, like mm-hmm. so many things that, like, why do we have to discuss this? Like, it's so juvenile yeah. to me. <laughs> but where does this come from? Like, unrealistic expectations. Like, it seems a human, so human, you know, we, we all do that, human nature. But is it, is it immaturity? Is it immature or mature? kind of thing is it it's probably it's probably it's probably a level of immaturity you know being overly self-centered thinking that everyone you're you know you're the center of your own universe and everyone should also see you that way you know so i think is it narcissist is it narcissistic too it's natural i think it's it's as we grow we grow through thinking that we're the center of everything right and we become a little bit more balanced in thinking of others along with thinking of ourselves rather than just only looking at, well, why are you not ultra focused on me, 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 right? So there is an element of maturity. I think it also has to do with our role models within our families. You know, most of us don't see that kind of healthy communication modeled within our family Mm -hmm. structures. I mean, how often did you witness your parents asking each other in love and kindness what (laughs) from each other no instead (laughs) my family dynamics it was arguing (laughs) arguing and yelling was how you got your way yeah Mm -hmm. you know if someone offended you it wasn't oh let's talk about that and let's you know it wasn't that it was you know the husband was always right it's like with my my family said my dad you know he's the guy I mean this is back in the you know back in the whatever 70s 80s you know, he's still that way. You know, we, we joke around and mom's name is Ann. And he's always like, Ann, get me my pills. Or Ann, get me my <laughs> yells from the other side of the house. And we just, we laugh. We always make fun. Like Joe sometimes calls me Ann. He's like, Ann, get me my yells. <laughs> and, those are, and then he gets mad if my, <laughs> my mother doesn't do it. It's like, he, you know, he's in his like late 70s. He's still very immature. <laughs> but but yeah, that that's what my role model was. So I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, um, yeah. I mean, I find myself not only with my husband thinking he's a mind reader, it's, it's really just in my whole life, like even with friends and with my kids, you know, not so much maybe them mind reading them knowing what I'm thinking or feeling. I think it's more like me, um, you know, requesting something and expecting that person should be thinking like me, like everybody should be as, you know, I'm not saying I'm polite, but I am, but I'm saying like, let's say I do something for somebody. Not that I expect that person to do it back. That's why I do it. It's just more like, I think that they should think like me. Like when, if it's, you know, all of a sudden, let's say I need a ride to go someplace and that person says, Oh no, can't do it. And they always say, no, I can't do it. But yet when they ask me, I do it. So for me, I kind of, I don't know. I feel like it's, um, unrealistic for me to expect that person to do what I do. I don't know if that made sense. Be yeah, no, that's, a, that's a great point because um, especially if you have more of a, a codependent mindset, yeah. right? You're, you're always fully focused on other people and what they need mm-hmm. and, and you always do everything right. And you follow the rules and, and you have a mindset that you think everyone else does that too. Right. So, you know, you're always focused on them and, you know, you're ready to jump when they need something. Right. And like my so daughter, for instance. Other yeah. people think have that same mindset and be right. so in tune with what you need as well. Yeah. yeah. My daughter, for instance, a great, great example. You know, she does this to me all the time. She's like, mom, can you please 
switch my laundry over for me. I, I, I'm in whatever she's doing and, and I do it. I go, I switch it over. So like maybe the next day I'm doing my laundry. I'm like, Gabby, can you please switch my laundry over? Oh no, I just can't. I can't. I'm busy. I'm on my way out. I'm thinking seriously. It's like, <laughs> and then, so now when I do things for her, it's like, I'm going to remember this Gabby. I will remember, you know, like, it, yeah. I mean, I expect her <laughs> to do what I, you know, if I did it for her, she should do it for me too. <laughs> That's that's you know kind of an unrealistic expectation too. So yeah, um, because, you know it goes back to expecting that other person to live outside their value system, rather to live within your value system. So yeah. you're basically saying, I expect you to value what I value, rather than allowing them to value what they value. Mm-hmm. That's where it becomes unrealistic because right. Ha- right. I mean. You could take it. You could take it to the extreme, and you know, if you were, if I was willing to sacrifice myself mm. for you, <laughs> does that mean you should yeah. be willing to sacrifice your life for me? I mean, no. Yes. Right. Like it's my. <laughs> I'm like <And> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? But also, yeah. No, just real quick, going back, Cheryl, to the definition you gave us early. Uh, early in this episode for the definition of an expectation, you use the word should. And I think that that could be a clue for all of us that when we find ourselves saying or thinking he should, or she should, or I should, or God should, that should be a red flag when we use that word to really examine that thought or that belief and say, okay, well, is that realistic? Is it realistic that (laughs) God should always heal people just because I pray for healing? Right. Well, there you go. The black and white thinking. Black and white. Always. You just said always. Yeah. And that's me. I I, I never knew I was a black and white thinker. And um, somebody told me that I was a black and white thinker. Took me a while to figure out what the heck that meant. And I I, I catch myself. I, I definitely am a black on my thinker because I do say always or never or there's really no gray in my vocabulary or in my mind everything is either you know love or hate it's it's always you love me or you hate mm-hmm. me it's not like maybe you're just having a bad day you you like me but you know maybe today you don't love me but you still like me <laughs> you know to me I'm like oh you hate me like I even do that with my husband in my mind, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, he, he hates me now. Like, why can't I just say he's mad at me for something I did? You know, like, I did something stupid. Right, so exactly. mad at me. He still like, loves me. Right. <laughs> he's just mad at me. Maybe he doesn't like me today, but I don't have that like. It's either he loves me or he hates me. I don't have that in between. So I, I do find myself, I'm trying to catch that more so that I can change that. But um, I think that, that plays into the unrealistic expectations category Mm -hmm. as well and rejection too that's a big one too and it makes me think like you're talking about black and white thinking it makes me think of one-sided thinking where we either see ourselves one-sided or we see others very one-sided or we again even see god one-sided and it makes me think of how oftentimes we'll hear people say god is all love and then like they they don't balance that out with the other aspects of God, like they, they see God in an unrealistic dimension. Like he's one-sided that all he is is love. And that's it. Yeah. Rather than seeing, you know, that he is a judge, he is a righteous judge or, you know, an example of how we can do that with ourselves. We can say um, to see ourselves as someone who should always be performing or always be perfect or always be available or always Mm -hmm. be, ready to say yes or whatever those demands are seeing ourselves as one-sided like not allowing ourselves to say no not allowing ourselves to take that break not allowing mm-hmm. ourselves to be imperfect and not always have to be perfect others are multi-dimensional so we're not just one-sided always available always on always perfect you know so when you talk about black and white thinking michelle it kind of makes me yeah. think of that yeah yeah, and, I, and that, that's what I, I do with the Lord as well. I, that's why I'm the in-betweener because I, um, I, I do that too. I'm like the Lord, 
you know, is mad. He's mad at me. He hates me. Or, you know, instead of balancing the love, I may read a scripture and I go right to the, the negative. And, you know, I'll go to a scripture and read something positive And I only think of the positive, like, you know, it's like, it's, there's no balance there. It's either he loves me. I'm, I'm, oh, he's full of love. And then the next scripture he's reading, you know, reading something where it's something that he's doing that's just, but to me, I go way past that. I don't see it as just, I think it as, you know, mean, he's being mean, (laughs) you know? So there's no, it's like not a balance there. It's, um. Yeah, that's uh oh, this is good. Very interesting stuff. This um you know, the other topic that kind of falls under or the other category that falls under this topic is having unrealistic expectation of uh you know, mechanical objects. <laughs> Cheryl, you and I've talked about this. And <laughs> yeah. we've all experienced that, you know, like that all or no- nothing thinking with our computers or our phones. Mm. And I mean, I know people who lose it. Who (laughs) that's me? When the computer we won't name names. Yeah, like fling it across the room. When the computer doesn't work, um, (laughs) like there's 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 a meltdown because because of that expectation that you know expecting the computer to always work every time you hit the right, right. Exactly. Or expecting the phone to, oh, or the internet, expecting the internet to always work every single time yeah. you use it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I know that. I, I that, Wow, that's int- I never even thought of it like that, having an unrealistic expectation of an object. Wow. And that, I'm, I'm, I'm the queen of that as well, because I'll throw something away because it's, it, it it's, didn't work exactly the way it was supposed to work. Oh, it's damaged. It needs to go in the garbage. Done. You know, instead of fixing it, <laughs> fix it. I just did that with my sewing machine. I returned it. <laughs> I returned my sewing machine because it wasn't working exactly the way it should. It should be working perfectly. It should be purring. It should. it should purr like a kitten. And if it doesn't purr like a kitten, it's out. Get my money back. There's a saying, wow. stop shooting all over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that. I do that with my cell phone. I do that with everything, especially the computer though. Now, I Again, I expect to sur- be able to surf. I should be able to, you know, jump from program to program. And when it doesn't and you get that little wheel and it's thinking <laughs> it's taking its time. Oh my gosh. Smoke comes out of my ear. I get so mad. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll tell you an unrealistic expectation that <laughs> I had um, a while back that showed up for me when I got pericarditis. Um, you know, at the time, and we're going back probably four years, three years, I think three years. Um, you know, I was eating really good at that time. I think I was vegan still and was exercising with a trainer three days a week. And, you know, I was in my definition of ideal health at that point of ideal health for myself. And overnight I caught a virus. It attacked my heart. I was 10 minutes from being dead and I ended up developing pericarditis. And the first thing I said to myself was this shouldn't happen to me. (laughs) Right. Because my expectation was that because of how healthy I was eating and how in shape I was, that I was somehow above getting a virus that would basically kill me. (laughs) I just, and so that was something that the Lord worked on my heart about and, you know, um, and had to humble me in that, in that regard. And so that would be Mm -hmm. an expectation I would say I had of, of my health and myself that was unrealistic because the, the, the truth is anyone can get sick, you, you know, whether you're healthy or not, whether, you know, you have the best diet in the world and you know, you're in great shape. doesn't matter. You can still get a heart attack. You can still get cancer. You can still, you know, get hit by a car. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. yeah. You know. Like my friend. Yeah. Like my friend right now, she is a runner. She's a, she's a doctor too. She's a doctor. She's a runner. She's in the best shape. She doesn't have an ounce of fat on her. She doesn't eat that great, but 
she doesn't have an ounce of fat on her. <laughs> and uh, she's in surgery right now because she has breast cancer. You know, so it's like you, you don't expect that. You're like, how could that be? You know, and I'm sure she, that, those are the questions she's thinking. I shouldn't have this. Like, why am I going through this? Right, why me? Yeah, the why me? Right. Question. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. like, why not you? <laughs> right, no, yeah. why not you? Yeah. Um, and, that, and that brings up also the expectation, and, and Michelle, I know you and I hear this a lot in, in Christian circles, is this belief that if you're a Christian, you can't be sick, you can't be poor, you know, God doesn't want his people being mm -hmm. sick or, or That's broke, a good one. you know, and none of that is biblical for today. Right. Um, now, so prayer, same thing with prayer. people like, expect, yeah, expect if I'm praying to God, I'm making my request known to yeah. God, God, so God can do anything. So the expectation mm -hmm. that God will always, just because he right. always, that yeah, he'll always, always, you know, heal you. And that's not true. And then some, and then there are people that then conclude, well, maybe I don't have enough faith. Maybe God doesn't love me. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, um, you know, there's something wrong with me because God's not healing me. And that's very dangerous, you know, or I lost my job and, you know, there's not another job opportunity for me. So therefore, I'm praying to God, where's that job? And it's not coming. So maybe God doesn't hear my prayers. Maybe I'm not really saved. Um, you know, all these conclusions that come about because of expectations that people place on God that are outside of, of scripture for today. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's our, it's the way we think it's, it's what we hear, you know, cause you know, you hear of a miracle happening or you hear miracles. Like, for instance, my, my um, husband's cousin had uh, a tumor in her brain and she was scheduled to get surgery. And, you know, people prayed for her and she goes in to get surgery and the tumor's gone. So she's like, it's a miracle. You know, the Lord hears prayer. And so that happened for her. So everybody kind of thinks, well, it's going to happen all the time. Let's just let's pray. God's going to heal her us or whatever. And then, you know, we pray for people and then they still have the cancer, you know? So it's like, and, and, and look, I'm, I don't want to say that God can't or, or won't heal people. That might be too one-sided, right? But I, I know stories like that. I can argue the other side, people who are not Christian, who are not believers, who the same story happens to, right? Who've been healed. Their cancer has gone into remission. I worked on a cancer documentary for four years and countless stories of people whose cancer went into remission who were not believers who didn't pray for a healing and still got healed. So how do you, you know, like, how do you then categorize that? Right. It's not. So then how do we, how do we, how do we heal that? Well, well, how do we change that? How do we change um, having unrealistic expectations? What is the formula? Like, what do we do when we are expecting something and it's not going to happen? Like, how do you, what do we say to ourselves? Do you know? Well, again, it goes back to that all or nothing, right? In seeing things as one-sided, we, we want to get away from that and see, see the truth, the whole truth. So for example, uh, if you take, let's say your spouse, you want to be able to see your spouse as a two-sided individual, that there are going to be times that he's going to be available and he's going to meet your needs. And then there, there are going to be times where maybe you need to speak up and you need to ask for what you need, right? It's not an all or nothing. And, you know, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but it would be getting yeah, away from much. that all or nothing thinking and then being honest with yourself about any one given situation. You know, for so example, it's, it's kind of self-talk. Give me like, give me an example of like a self-talk. Let's say, let's say you have uh, an unrealistic expectation of your husband. So what would your self-talk look like when you're feeling rejected or you're feeling a certain way? What would you say? What would you do? Well, if it, if it comes up for me, I would like where something happens and then, and then I feel hurt. First thing I do is I say, okay, Stephanie, um, what is it that you need in this situation? Like I'll always start there. And then 
I'll say, okay, well, did you clearly communicate that to your, to my husband? I'll ask myself that. And if I say, no, I didn't, then from that point forward, I then will approach him and say, you know, Hey Pete, um, you know what I was thinking would really help me is if you blah, 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 blah. And then I'll make that need clear. And then I'll ask for his agreement. Do you think that's something you, you can do moving forward? And nine times out of 10, he'll say yes. And now if, if he's sitting no, out, yeah, if he says no, then if he what? says no, then we, then we discuss it. And we, we try to find a middle point because again, you, I want to be careful not to ha have him fit into my value system. And then I expect, and then, and then I can't, I don't want to have him fit into my value system. And, and then I can't allow him to force me into his value system. So we have to respect one another's value system. And so we work towards a middle resolution where it's a win-win moving towards so win-win scenarios. Right. That's the key word. You said respect. So you, you pretty much, you have to respect the other person's, the other person and boundaries needs. So it would be recognizing that other people have different values, different boundaries and different needs. And that those values, boundaries and needs at times will differ from yours. And being able to respect those differences between one another without making that other person wrong or making yourself wrong. Mm -hmm. That's the challenge because oftentimes what happens is, is we'll either want to make ourselves wrong and say, well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, there was the should, I shouldn't, mm -hmm. I shouldn't want that. Or that's mm -hmm. not something that I should need. That's not something I should ask for. So I don't deserve we, it. Like I don't deserve it. I don't deserve that. I shouldn't deserve. There's guilt. There's guilt around it. it. Yeah. So then we make ourselves wrong, which you don't want to do that because that's dysfunctional. Or you yeah. go in the reverse and you make that other person wrong. You say, well, you shouldn't have that need. You shouldn't have that boundary. You shouldn't have that value system. Mm -hmm. No, everybody's an individual. I'm an individual. You're an individual. Everyone has their own right to their values, to their boundaries, and to their own needs. Yeah, that's, see, that's, it's hard. You know, I know for me it's hard because I was never taught that. I, I was never taught to be heard. And I, nothing I said or did really was of value to my family, to, especially my parents. I just didn't feel valued at all. And um, so it, it's difficult for me to, to, to express that to someone because there's a lot of guilt around it too for me. Um, you know, I, I associate like if somebody, let's say I give, I tell Joe my need and you know, part of me is kind of fighting it, like just do it yourself or, you know, oh, you know, now you're going to put him out. And then, so then I feel guilty around it. Like I don't deserve him to, to do that for me. I, I do. I notice I do that a lot. So I wind up doing things myself. Like I have a back injury, you know, I had surgery that ruptured disc and, um, you know, I really need to take it easy. I, I, I really should be resting a lot more than I, I, I do. And I don't, I, I do, I do and do instead of saying, Joe, kids, guys, I need you to do this because it hurts. I don't do that. I do it. I wind up doing everything. I, I, I make myself to the point where I have to lie down because I have to, you know what I mean? It's like, not like I, I get to, don't get to that point where you have to. That's you know? a boundary and, too. Yeah, I mean, definitely boundary, boundary because you'd rather do it yourself than balance out the, you know, then make the request and right, not feel but that, guilty but about it. And right, but it's also the unrealistic expectations of myself because, you know, yeah, the unrealistic expectations. I can do it all, and I, I, I need to do it because I don't want to. Right, there's that. Um, there's that. What you just said, right? Yeah, well, Michelle, Michelle, yeah. with a situation like that, it goes back to getting agreement of from others. Right. Joe has the right, and in, in that situation, if you ask him for help, you know, for something that you can't do because of your back, he yeah. has the right to say, "No, I can't right. do that for you." 
Right. So, Which I'm sure he could, but it's like, okay. well, it's like unload the dishwasher. But, I don't want to bend. Okay. But if he says yes, then, then he says yes. And there's nothing that you should feel guilty about. I do. I just feel guilty because I'm like, what a wife. I can't even, I, that's a woman's job. Doing the dishes is something I should be doing. Why? He works all day. He shouldn't have to come home and do the dishes. Like these, this is the argument that goes on in my mind. There's that guilt around <laughs> it because, because I'm like, you know, now I'm adding something like my job to him, you know, and then I get that guilt. And not only that, it's something that I put on myself. He does that. He goes around the house playing that little violin. <laughs> He's like, he'll be like, I had to cook. My, I had to make my own dinner. Excuse me. You put it in the microwave. I cooked it already. You're just warming it up. He goes around the house with his violin. Like, oh my gosh, I have to. Oh, and he'll like tell me, I just unloaded the dishwasher. Like, okay. <laughs> You know what he means? Like I, they, he makes me. Well, I shouldn't say he makes me feel that way, because I know my feelings are my feelings. But this is what I think of. You know, when when he does something for me, I I get the guilt because he kind of puts that out there. And then when I tell him, you know, you're making me feel guilty, and then he'll, you know, oh, I'm only only joking or teasing or anything. But that to me, it adds the pressure to me. And then the next time, I don't want to ask him because I know he's going to go around with his, you know, little violin. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah so I guess my expectations is you know I, I expect them to see me limping <laughs> or they they should see that I'm laying in bed why am I laying in bed not because I'm eating bonbons you know I should expect them to know that I'm hurt I, my, my back hurts why do I have to say something to them this is what I this is what I go through it says my, it's my fault for not setting realistic expectations of them I should say look guys I don't feel well the back is killing me I'm gonna lie down can you please help me then there you go. I don't do that. So that's why I, yeah. Problem solved. That's it. Well, <laughs> Done. Now, is this, is this an issue you have some days and not others? But in general, can't you just have a system in your house? Like, you know, like who's responsible for, for what activities or? Yeah, I mean, I you feel know, like it, we're way beyond that. Do it. it would just be every exactly. every Wednesday, Gabby unloads the dishwasher, you know, whatever it is. Lovely. You don't have to say yeah. it. <laughs> I know. That's the whole, that's the problem. You know, I have a 23, 23 year old son and I have a 19 year old daughter. And I guess I haven't trained them properly because I always have to ask them. I, oh, they, they, Joseph just got to the point where, well, maybe not. He doesn't always do it. So. Um, with the garbage, he knows it goes, the garbage should go out on, uh, what is today? Tuesday. The garbage should go out on Tuesdays and he needs to do that. Why do we have to ask him, Joe, tomorrow's Tuesday? I think he got to the point where he, he will do it. Um, he puts the garbage out, but he, he just left for work and he left the garbage pails out. So somebody else has to now bring it back in. So <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it's too late. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure what, uh. I don't know, but yeah, I guess I guess I, that's the thing. I need to I need to have expectations that are. Um, once I express them, then it won't be unrealistic, right? If I if I express my need for them to do something, I expect them to do it, and they don't do it, then what is that? Well, being they have to agree to it too. I mean. You could yeah. want something from me and I could say, yeah, sorry, not happening. <laughs> right. So I'd have to, they'd have to agree that, that they okay. will take the garbage out all the time. Mm -hmm. So and don't then, lay the guilt on them because <laughs> I'm good at that. Right. I'm and then, and then that's where you exercise boundaries. If they, <laughs> uh, if they don't do it, there has to be a consequence. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Well, this was a good, good discussion. We uh, spoke for an hour. So it's four yeah. o'clock. I think we did, we did a good, um, we don't have to beat this with a stick. I think we should. End <laughs> it. What I, do you think, think? I think this is the, the meat of, of what unrealistic expectations is about. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. We didn't, like it. we didn't even get into uh, expectations going the other way. Like when someone has an expectation of you and you just kind of jump and, fulfill it without even thinking like sounds it sounds like something michelle that you struggle with too right like yeah. just yeah you know, fulfilling other people's expectations of you whether right. or not you want to do it or not you know right 
That's a good point, Cheryl. Like, how does one address it in the reverse? Yeah. So do do you have an example maybe before we end that we can just talk about a little? Do you have Mm -hmm. an example in mind for the listeners? Maybe we could illustrate that. Um, I don't have one at the top of my mind, but I, let's, okay. let's talk um, here. Um, right. so, so let's say, let's say someone asks you for something that you really don't want to do. How do you handle it? Is that kind like of, the, I could use a dating, you know, a dating example. So, okay. you know, if, if like, if a guy expects sex by the third date, let's say, right? Okay. That, that's a good one. Okay, so, so <clears throat> how would you handle that? Let's say you know that you're on your third date now, you know that that's an expectation. Let's say it's an unspoken expectation. Like let's say he never really asked you if that's something you would be open to, but you kind of pick up the vibe that that's what he's expecting from you. Well, how would you handle that? Or how would you tell others? That, that's almost like a, that so, sounds like a, like a double, you know, like a double whammy, like, like whether he said it or not, like you're both, you're both thinking it or you both think you're expected to do that. Right. <laughs> so. so what would you do? Like, I mean, that, that's a great uh, example. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are, are experiencing that situation. Yeah. So, so the, you know, depending again on how much you, how much weight you put on what, what other people need, need or want and, and how you put it, put your own needs and wants below that. Right. It, It really depends on how you, if you're so worried about what somebody else is going to think, or what is he going to think of me if I don't do this? Or is he going to leave me if I don't do this? Um, and you get caught up fulfilling other people's expectations because, and, and in this example, you could have just created the expectation yourself. Maybe he didn't even say it to you. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, so you're kind of creating your own hell. Um, and if you don't have, strong healthy boundaries you know for yourself and what what you want should trump what he wants in that moment so you would you would have to be a person who's already done that work where you could say hey that's not happening tonight or you know whatever and not feel guilty about it because you I, could, I, could really solve that. Do it. I could solve that problem <laughs> you, need, you need to start dating strong christian men <laughs> they don't expect sex after the third date. Woo! Right, Yay, right. Amen. <laughs> real, real Christian men, not not the posers. Right. Yeah, I'm like, like a real, I'm like, like a strong I, I've met a lot of guys online yeah. that claim to be Christian, and the next thing out of their mouth is the most unchristian thing. Yeah, no, no. You need you need to you need to find someone who is a a real Christian, someone who's a strong Christian, and who is respectful of you because you know they're going by what god says so well that's a good point michelle but but just jumping back to what you're saying yeah. Cheryl, it's, it's kind of like elevating the values of another over the value mm-hmm. of yourself where you're saying where that person is saying what that person values and what that person needs i'm going to put above what i value and what i need in that moment so right. the way i heard what you said was you know if, if a individual has done that work on themselves where they are able to elevate their own values and needs um, above that other and say, well, I value not having sex before marriage. And so therefore um, that's not something that I can meet for you at this point in time outside of marriage. If that person hasn't, and that's just an example of a value. I'm not saying everybody has that value, but if they haven't gotten to the point where they could, to your point, set that boundary and, and speak up for themselves in that way and value themselves in, enough in that way, then they can become susceptible to um, stepping outside of their own needs and values, which then creates a lot of guilt and shame and 
self-hatred because they didn't stand up for the things that they really believed in and wanted to do. Yeah. And you know what? That ties right back into the all or nothing black and white thinking because, because your, your brain is actually saying his needs matter and mine don't, or my needs matter and his don't, right? It's, yep. you're not thinking in a way where, hey, how can we, you know, meet both our needs, you know, in a like compromise, you know, okay, you know, I'm not interested in having sex tonight, which is our third date, but you know, five months from now, I, I, I'm sure I'll be all excited to do it, you know? And so eventually you're getting sex. Okay. <laughs> so everybody can be happy, right? You know, right. Setting, setting, your, <laughs> setting your boundary, right? Like your boundary would be until there's a certain level of commitment made. However, that person would define that commitment for them. Right. Um, th- then, you know, if then, if the commitment moves to this level, then sex might become a possibility. Um, and again, it goes back to what we were saying earlier. It, it's communicating. It's knowing what we want and need, and then, yeah, and then being able to communicate that, and then not, and then not making that other person wrong or mean or evil if they say, "Well, if you won't give me sex tonight, then I don't want to continue dating you." That's okay. That's fine. Doesn't mean right. it doesn't mean they're mean. It doesn't mean they're wrong. It doesn't mean they're bad. It just means they're not the right one for you. So. You know, you have to allow other people to make their choices too. That's right. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, that, that brings up control, you know, control is tied into unrealistic expectations too. Like yeah. people, people wanting to control others or control situations. Um, Gosh, this is all me. Everything you checked <laughs> off so far is me. <laughs> I feel I'm like Michelle, Michelle's our guinea pig every time we talk about it. I know. Like, I'm here. <laughs> You've all been there, Michelle. It's so true. I, I, I have control issues. I want to be in control. Huh. Wow. That's really good. But I think I think uh uh we should do rejection. Our next podcast should be definitely on rejection. What do you think, guys? If you guys want to hear rejection, you should comment. Send us an email. Let us Woo-hoo! know what topic you want to hear. We, we're thinking rejection, but I think if you guys want to hear something else you want us to talk about, you could definitely send us an email. Yeah, great point, Michelle. Great right point. on. All yes. right, guys. So then maybe why don't we wrap it up here and say goodbye to our listeners. Thank you for listening. And we'll be ready with another podcast soon. Yes. Thanks, guys. See you next time. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.